Hanukkah and as we approach the glorious feast of the Nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Gospel of today it celebrates the Nativity of the greatest born among women, the greatest born among women, the forerunner, St. John the Baptist. So today I'd like to meditate with you on some aspects of St. John the Baptist in the Gospel of today. The Gospel today, it begins with a little dispute, a little like tiff, if you will, about the name of the child who was going to be born. Elizabeth wanted to name the child John, but the family wanted to name the child Zachariah. And they wanted to name him after his, his father. And the name John is significant because the name John, I should test, there's lots of mishraes here, I should know what John means. John means, Johanna means, the Lord is gracious, the Lord is gracious, or the Lord is compassionate, like Yo is like God, and Hanna is like Arabic, like like so it's compassionate, God is compassionate. And so, God is gracious, or God is compassionate. And there's many reasons that uh, this name is, is like a good name for, for John. One, God was gracious to listen to the prayers of Zechariah and Elizabeth. So gracious to listen to the prayers of an old woman and, and an old man, and to give them a son in their old age. And number two, the biggest grace that God gave to us, the biggest gift, was the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I think St. John the Evangelist, he makes this very clear in the Gospel. He says, the law was given by Moses, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And John the Baptist, he was the forerunner of this grace. And that's why an important point to think about on this, on this part of the Gospel is that our names are actually picked in heaven. Our names are picked in heaven. When the angel came to Zacharias and said, you will have a son, the, the angel gave the name and said, this boy will be called John. It wasn't up to the parents to decide. Whoa, nah, name him Zechariah. Oh, let's name him Malad Ismail. It's not up to the parents. Many parents think it's their right to decide the name of their children. Actually, the name is actually something God-given. A God-given name. And the name of someone has very like divine and mysterious elements to it a very holy thing. Our name is our identity. And there's spiritual dimensions to this identity that I think many fail to appreciate these days. And we name people But the name is something so significant, so deep. Even for example, take for example the gospel Zechariah. Zechariah means the Lord remembered. The Lord remembered. Well, Elizabeth Manaha, God's promise. And it's a hotum together. The Lord remembered God's promise and they bore together 
God is grace. Like the Lord remembered God's promise that the Lord is gracious. And it names Andohum Haga very like spiritual, like a great spiritual dimension. I think there's more to say on this subject. If you're going to Khadlifu, I'll give you the rest of, of, of this one. Another important lesson is that after they picked the name of John, Zechariah started to prophesy. And when he started to prophesy, you see that the mouth, his mouth was opened. And the lesson for us is that the mouth is, the, like, is, the, is for the praise of God. The mouth is for the praise of God. In the Psalms it says, My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing to you, and my soul which you have redeemed. My tongues shall also talk of your righteousness all day long. And the tongue is for speaking about God. The tongue is for saying good works. The tongue is for doing praise, tazbih, all the wonderful things. On the other hand, if we use our mouth for other purposes, like Psalm 63 says, but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be shut. The mouth of speak lies shall be shut. When Zechariah was faithful to the angelic command, the muteness of his tongue was lifted. The idea here is that a person who has doubt in God, a person who doubts God, is unable to praise God. I think many people, they might struggle in prayer. What do we pray? Why? Why do we pray? I think we will struggle in prayer if we doubt in the power of prayer. If you believe in the power of prayer, but if you have doubts about prayer, then your mouth will be silent with the praise of God. Then you won't pray, you won't do anything. If we believe in the power, then we'll pray. Well, that's the point of the mouth. The point of the mouth is to utter the praise of God. To trust in, to trust in the power of God. And that's why when Zechariah, he put faith and said, No, his name is John, the mouth opened. And then he started to praise, amazing praise. If we look at the prophecy of Zechariah, we can break the prophecy of Zechariah into two parts. The first part of the praise of Zechariah refers to the praise of God. He says, he praises God for redeeming his people, for saving his enemies, for fulfilling his covenant with Abraham. I love the part redeeming his people. It reminds us of what we pray in the liturgy. It says, we were bound and sold. We were bound and sold. On account of our sins, we are bound and sold. So then, خلاص, into slaves of sin. So then, you needed someone to redeem you. If you are bound and sold on account of our sins, then you needed a redeemer. Well, this is the redemption that, like Zechariah, he had in his mind. He saw, wow, I'm a slave of sin. He said, wow, thank God you've redeemed me. Now you freed me from the slavery of bondage. 
Then he speaks about the enemies. He says, you saved us from our enemies. Who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? The Romans? The Gentiles? Who's the enemies? Enemy is the, the devil, Satan, in all his evil dominions, and the demons. And it's clear from the second part of the prophecy or that Zechariah says, he says, to grant us that we being delivered from the hand of our enemies might serve him with fear, without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. So this enemy is someone that is preventing the worship of God. This enemy is someone preventing the worship of God. And the birth of John is the start of the destruction of this enemy. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, but if you still are awake. The next part of the prophecy speaks about St. John the Baptist. And he says a lot of nice things about John the Baptist, but I will just focus on a couple parts. It says, I, to give knowledge of salvation to his people. To give salvation... To give the knowledge of salvation to his people. Yani Moses gave knowledge of salvation to his people. The prophets gave knowledge of salvation to their people and tried to direct the people. But John the Baptist is different. And it's different. Look at the next line, verse 77. To give knowledge of salvation to his people by... No other prophet had that peace. This is unique to the forerunner. This is very unique to the forerunner. Because John was the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And the uniqueness of St. John the Baptist is highlighted in a very beautiful prophecy in the book of Micah. Um, I'm going to give a very brief description, but you can find more of this in a book called Taught by God. Uh, I think we have it in the bookstore Taught by God by Abuna Daniel In the book of Micah there's a prophecy Actually it's in the announcements you pull up the announcements The first slide is there There's a prophecy of Micah It says the one who breaks open Will come up before them They will break out Pass through the gate And go out by it Their king will pass before them With the Lord at their head So got that? The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate and go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. To understand this prophecy, you need to understand a little bit of the context. This passage in Micah is referring to a traveling shepherd. When the shepherd used to travel, he used to set like a little fence. Like make a fence, make a fence with sticks and stones, and they used to make a, a like a little barricade kind of fence for the sheep to be, and then the like the shepherd would lay like and take up like the doorway, you know, like so he would take up a side, and then they would make up, and then early in the morning, shen sheep are quiet, they don't sleep very well, you know, that's why you count sheep, they like so they don't they get agitated, and in the morning, one of the sheep tries to break through. The fence, and that's what the prophecy is describing. You couldn't find it. Really? Okay. And now scroll all the way up. 
What? Okay. Never mind. Okay. Anywho. So the sheep that broke the fence, the sheep that breaks the fence, that's the first sheep that like breaks like breaks this thing, and then all the other sheep get to go in and follow in behind it. The first sheep that breaks the fence in this prophecy is John the Baptist. And the other sheep that are following him is is us. We are the ones that followed John the Baptist. The sheep breaking into breaking the fence is symbolic of man breaking into heaven. And this is why the gospel of today is so important. The birth or the beginning of the forerunner is the birth or the beginning of mankind into heaven. If you dig a little deeper, in Matthew 11, our Lord was speaking about John the Baptist. And he, he said a very interesting verse. He said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. And if you look at the word, suffer violence, what does the, mean, the word mean, suffer violence? It means like break forth, like the sheep that I was just describing, breaking forth from this gate. So a possible like rendition of that verse, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, is that the kingdom has been made known violently since the beginning or breaking forth of John's ministry. Like John's ministry, like has broken open the kingdoms, like opened the door of the kingdom. And since then, men have followed his charge into storming into the kingdom. So it's Saint John. So Saint John is like this sheep that broke the the fence, and that's why in the gospel, the gospel writers they speak of Saint John and Isaiah speak of one crying out in the wilderness, crying out. He's violent, like crying out. He's leading the herd to Jesus. If we, if we go back to the, the prophecy of Micah, at the end of it, it says, Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. So the sheep breaks through, and all the sheep are going to follow. And then guess who's going to come by? The king. And he takes all the sheep, and they go off and live happily ever after. Today we want to join behind St. John. We want to join behind St. John. We want to break out of this fence that we're in. What is to break out of the fence that we're in? Is to break out the, from the fence the passion, the lust, all, like all the materialism. Kull al-Hagadi is keeping us in the fence. But St. John, he broke that fence for us. That's why... The fathers, they say, to follow St. John, we have to have violent repentance. Violent repentance. And I feel some people, they don't care about their eternal life. Sadly. Some people, like, they don't seek after God. Like, some people aren't eager to do His will, unfortunately. And heaven is not for the passive. Heaven is not for the passive. Heaven is for the active, the active, the ones who are seeking out heaven. St. Augustine, he reminds us about how Jacob wrestled with God. He says, Jacob exerted violence to hold God, to hold God. 
and he prevailed to hold him. God caused himself to be held in mercy, not in weakness. It is only in this violent desire for the kingdom, it is only in this violent desire for the kingdom and thus for God that man may reach the kingdom. If we want to reach the kingdom of heaven, we have to have this violent grit, this like desire to be with God. Another church father, St. John Cassian, he says, For the slothful, the careless, or the delicate, or the tender, take the, or the tender, take the kingdom by force, but the violent. Who then are the violent? Surely those who show splendid violence, not to others, but to their own soul. The ones who practice asceticism, the ones who, who you know, deny the flesh and follow, and follow the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why at the end of the prophecy of Zechariah, I'll close with the prophecy of Zechariah. He says, through the tender mercies of our God, with which the day spring from on high has visited us to give light to those who sit in darkness. To give light to those who are sitting in darkness and the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. We need to follow today the birth of John. We need to become followers of John the Baptist. Because he's the one that guided our feet into the way of peace. I want us to remember our names are important. To remember that the mouth is for the praise of God. Not to tear, not to gossip, not to do anything. Our mouth is for the praise of God. And to be violently repenting. To desire God with all your heart. And glory be to God forever. Amen.